the Lord is in our midst and he is at work in our lives and I am so thankful for that. Good morning, Mercy Hill family. Uh, we are thankful that you are here. Um, before I start off, um, I'm off text, Carla, sorry, um, <clears throat> with the translating. <clears throat> but I just want to remind us all <clears throat> that as we look in this passage, that last song is where our focus needs to be. It all starts and happens with the fear of God, and it ends with the fear of God, with living and understanding of the awe and worship of our great God. <clears throat> Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. Our sermon today, the title is, Religion is Meaningless Without Jesus. Religion is Meaningless Without Jesus. So it starts with Jesus, lives throughout with Jesus, and it is at the end, the fear of God with Jesus. This passage <clears throat> is calling us to watch your steps. This is what the passage brings to light here at the beginning in verse 1. Watch your steps. Watch your steps. As you enter into the place of worship. We see here the scripture in verse 1, it says, guard your steps when you go into the house of God. Watch your steps. Wednesday night, raise your hand if you had the TV on and you were watching the walk across the volcano. Did anybody see that on Wednesday? Well, Wednesday, <clears throat> they had a special on ABC, and uh, it was an opportunity for someone to walk across on a tightrope. You can see that little guy right there. He is walking on that tightrope across a volcano. If you missed it, I would strongly encourage you to go and Google it and watch and read the coverage of it. It was amazing. It was simply amazing. A news report said this, as aerialist Nick Walinda prepares to walk across one of the world's most active volcanoes, the acrobat said he is preparing accordingly. That makes sense for him to prepare for this great task, doesn't it? While Linda prepared in the heat of Florida with a gas mask training his body to walk over 30 minutes, one foot at a time, step, by step, the news article continued, in his most daring feat yet, Walinda will walk high above the lava pool, 
of this Mesa volcano, one of the most volatile and dangerous volcanoes in the world, located in the heart of Nicaragua. It has erupted 13 times in over 30 years. By the way, this volcano here in Nicaragua is the same area, the same home place where uh, Carla's parents are from and Carla is from. So it holds a special part in both Carla and Anthony's heart and in Carla's parents' heart. It's their hometown. So you saw their kids raise their hand that they were watching it Wednesday night. Now let's look back at our text here in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 1. The preacher here is telling us to prepare ourselves when we enter into the house of God. The house of God here in context is the temple, and it's probably Solomon's temple, which is where God dwelled in the Holy of Holies. In 2 Chronicles 5 verse 13c through 14, we see after the priests brought the ark of the covenant of the Lord to its place, in the inner sanctuary of the house of God, in the most holy place, the temple. This is what the text says. For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. The house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. As we consider the preparation of Walinda with walking across on that tightrope, the walk above the volcano, as we consider what was also required in entering into the house of God, what can this help us understand for today? What can this help us understand for today? Well, first of all, watch your steps. Watch your steps. How do you prepare to enter our time of worship as we meet together? Prepare yourself to listen, the text says. Prepare yourself to listen. God is calling us to lead our families with the importance of God's Word. It's God's Word that's important. And God is calling us to lead our families with the importance of His Word. We are called in Ecclesiastes 5.1 to listen. And in Deuteronomy 6, the nation of Israel is called to hear is called to hear and listen and hear what you might be asking yes it is God's word that we should be listening and hearing in Deuteronomy 6 4 through 9 it says this hear O Israel the Lord our God the Lord is one You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart 
and with all your soul and with all your might. And emphasizing these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk, remember walk, that step by step, walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. God's Word should be an important, active part of our lives. God's Word should be an active part of our lives. When we gather together, we come ready to hear, anticipating what God has to say in the songs we sing, the scriptures that we read, and the prayers that we pray. And whenever we hear his word being preached. We have here in the text, in verse 1, a reason why we come watching. And why we come listening, hearing of God's word. The reason is, listening is better than the sacrifice of fools. To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools. Let's look at John chapter 14, verses 23 through 24. John 14, verses 23 through 24. It says this, Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. It going back to Jesus. And the word that you hear is not mine, Jesus said, but the Father who sent me. Jesus was always listening to the Father and being obedient to the Father. <clears throat> and if Jesus was, we need to be. Jesus is inviting us here in this passage. Jesus invites us to draw near and to hear Him and to keep His Word. We see that in 1 verse 1, see, we see that they are ignorant in their evil doing. They are ignorant in their evil doing. The text says, for they do not know that they are doing evil. They don't even know that they're doing evil. Remember Jesus whenever he was with his inner circle, with the inner circle disciples. Remember whenever he told them in Matthew 26, verse 40 and 41, Jesus said, And he, Jesus, came to the disciples and found them 
sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. If we are not alert in watching and praying, we might be caught being asleep and in slumber. Maybe even playing the religion game. Let's not get caught in not preparing ourselves for worship. Preparation for corporate worship is an every Sunday and every day throughout the week preparation time. It starts with throughout the week after we leave the church on Sunday and then it moves throughout the rest of the week. Take some time Saturday night to pray and to read God's Word, to read the passage that will be preached. Take some time to do this. Do this individually, personally, and also do this with your family. Sherry and I have realized this, that it is important for us to get to sleep at a decent hour on Saturday night. Because if we don't, on Sunday mornings, this person right here can fall asleep sitting where you're sitting. And I'm looking at the eyes of everybody, and everybody's awake right now, and that's good. But I've been where you're at, and I've been one that has been dozing, okay? So even getting a good night's sleep before Sunday is important. And that will help your bride not have to pinch you with sitting beside you. That was a little extra, Carla. Then we see here in verse 2, the beginning of verse 2, watch your mouth and heart. Watch your mouth and heart. Be not rash with your mouth, the Scripture says, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. And then the text gives a reason here in verse 2b. The reason is remember our place before God. Remember our place before God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Or we can say, and we here are on earth. Let's be reminded of this truth this morning and every day. God is God, and we're not. Those of you that are able to speak English, say that with me. God is God, and we are not. That's truth that we need to let set in our hearts. The text goes on in verse 2. 2C, it says the conclusion. The conclusion is few words are our response before God. Few words are our response before God. The text actually says this, therefore let your words be what? Few. Few. 
in all of who God is, we see here in the scripture many examples that when people encountered God, they were speechless in humility. They dropped and they worshiped God. They were in awe before Him. <clears throat> then after the reason, the conclusion, we have a proverb here in verse 3. The proverb is, dreams and a fool's voice comes with bad consequences. Dreams and a fool's voice comes with bad consequences. Verse 3 says, For a dream comes with much busyness, and a fool's voice with many words. I'm going to read that again, because some of us here have big dreams, and we dream and fantasize a lot in our heads. For a dream comes with much busyness, and a fool's voice with many words. Big dreams, sometimes life might cause us to fantasize of performing great and noble acts. But apart from God, it's all in our heads, and it's all as we have learned from Ecclesiastes, it's vanity. meaningless. Likewise, many words that come from a person's thought that I am wise reveals a person as a fool. Let me say that again. Many words that come from a person's thought that I am wise reveals that person as a fool. And you hear it in their words. Have you heard this quote from the famous theologian, Lisa Simpson? <laughs> we are all theologians, by the way. We all have ideas and understanding of who God is. And we voice them, right? So this is what Lisa Simpson said on the Simpson TV show. Better to remain silent and be thought a fool. And by the way, I've taken this wisdom. Better to remain silent and thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Right? It's better to sometimes be quiet than to open your mouth and remove all doubt in exposing your foolishness, my foolishness. Then we will see here in verses 4 through 5 of Ecclesiastes chapter 5, we see, watch yourself in making vows to God. Watch yourself in making vows to God. When a person makes a vow to God, do not delay to pay it. Don't delay in paying it. When God prompts us to respond to Him with a promise to do something, we need to follow through with it. All the way, the right way, with the right attitude. By the way, those were the words that I learned as a child whenever my parents asked me to do something. 
to do it right away, all the way with the right attitude. The text here also gives a reason why we do this. The reason is God has no pleasure in fools. God has no pleasure in fools. And then it goes and gives a conclusion to the reason. So pay what you vow. So pay what you vow. The scripture in verse 4 says, For he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. And then after the reason, after the conclusion, we have a proverb here. The proverb is, You are better off not vowing than to vow without payment. Just what Lisa Simpson said, sometimes it's better not to even make that vow or to say that than to say it and then have the vow to be there. The scripture says in verse 5 of chapter 5 of Ecclesiastes, it is better that you should not vow than you should not vow and not pay. This is off script a little bit, but I do want to share this, that God's word gives a way out of vows. So I want to share that with you, that if you are here this morning and you have made a vow in a hasty way, realize that God's word gives a way out in repentance and a, and a proper worship of him. But we got to be careful what we vow because there are vows that we need to keep that God prompts us to do. Like my vow to my wife, Sherry. God has called me to keep that before him. And by the way, sometimes that's easier said than done. All right? <clears throat> for her, on her part, not on mine. No. For both of us, actually. For both of us. <clears throat> In Malachi chapter 1, verse 14... We have an example of a person that cheats God. The person that cheats God vows to give the very best to God, but gave what was blemished. Let's look at the text. Malachi chapter 1 verse 14 says this, Cursed be the cheat who has a male in his flock and vows it, <clears throat> and yet sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. We have all gone into vows sometimes half-heartedly, not really focused in meaning what we were called to do by God. God is saying, don't, don't, don't go there. Watch. Be alert. Make sure that you do not go there. And then we see another watch. This time it's watch your mouth <clears throat> that it doesn't lead you into sin. <clears throat> watch your mouth that it doesn't lead you into sin. This is found in verses 6 through 7. Verse 6 says, Let not your mouth lead you into sin, and do not say before the messenger that it was a mistake. <clears throat> We see here in verse 6 another reason. A reason is 
to <clears throat> watch your mouth that it does not lead you into sin. The reason is, is God judges rash commitments. Why should God be angry at your voice and destroy the work of your hands, verse 6 says. So that's the reason God judges rash commandments. And then we have a proverb after the reason. The proverb is, dreams and many words bring vanity. And what's the illustration of vanity? So if I had a spray bottle and I squirted the mist, it comes out and then it fades away. We remember the candle that was lit with Pastor Anthony Whenever the candle was blown out, the smoke came up, but the smoke did not stay. It went away. It was vanity. We see here in verse 7, For when dreams increase and words grow many, there is vanity. A question, have you been there? Have you been there with many words and many dreams, but they weren't focused on the Lord? They weren't focused on Jesus and following Him. It's vanity. Proverbs 10 verses 19 through 21 says this, When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. <clears throat> we have all been there. We have all been there in the, the latter part of the fool. But it's my prayer that we'll be moving in Jesus towards the righteous behavior because of worship and adoring Him. <clears throat> There's a book that is called War on Words, and it's by Paul David Tripp. And there are four fundamental principles that is listed in this book. The first principle is God has a wonderful plan for our words. That is far better than any plan we could come up with on our own. God has a plan for your words. <coughs> Second point, sin has radically altered the agenda for our words. Let me read that again. Sin has radically altered the agenda for our words, and this resulting in much hurt, confusion, and chaos. Some of you maybe have even felt some of that confusion, that hurt, and chaos this week. <clears throat> the third point, in Jesus Christ, we find the grace that provides all we need to speak as God intended us to speak. So Jesus gives us the grace that provides all we need to speak as God intended us to speak. The fourth point, that Paul David Tripp makes in his book, War on Words, says the Bible, the Bible 
plainly and simply teaches us how to get from where we are to where we're going, to where God wants us to be. Let's go back to the text here. In Ecclesiastes chapter 5, we see here at the end of verse 7 some words that we all need to watch. We need to lean in and listen. We need to watch our steps. It says at the conclusion here in verse 7 and also at the end of the book of Ecclesiastes, fear God. The scripture says, but God is the one you must fear This fear is an awe and a reverence for our God when we enter our corporate worship together. Yes, this starts with the conclusion of it all. Fear God. Let's prepare our hearts for a proper religion in worshiping and obeying King Jesus. We do this as we focus on the Lord's table every Sunday. Let's remember Jesus' body that was broken and His blood that was shed. Let's take some time this morning as we focus in on the table. Let's take some time to really focus and really see what God is doing. Let's remember Jesus' body being broken and His blood being shed. Let's take some time to be in awe and have reverence for King Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27 and 28 brings us in to an understanding of how we need to come to the Lord's table. For who, it says, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself, then and so eat the bread and drink the cup. There is a period of examination before the Lord, and there is room for repentance and forgiveness. And then we can come, wash clean, and be able to enjoy the table. And I want to take some time this morning for us to watch and pray. Let's confess before Jesus how we might be playing the religion game this morning. And let's repent from that because we've all been in that place of playing the religion game. Haven't we? Yes, we have. We have. So repentance and belief to salvation for those of you that might not know who Jesus is this morning, God is calling you to repent and believe in Him for salvation. And if you are here this morning and you don't know who Jesus is, 
Today is a day of salvation. Please come and talk to myself or one of the other pastors or one of the others here this morning that know who Jesus is. Today is the day of salvation. The gospel is found in 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 through 4. The passage says, now I would remind you, brothers, and I'm going to put sisters, of the gospel I preach to you, which you received, in which you stand, by which you are being saved, <clears throat> if you hold fast to the word I preach to you. It's all in Jesus. Jesus is doing this. Unless you believed in vain, for I deliver to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. <clears throat> that He was buried and that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. If you don't know Jesus today, that is the precious, beautiful free understanding of who Jesus is. That's the good news of the gospel. Come to Jesus. Repent and believe in Him. <clears throat> now for repentance for believers. Believers that are here this morning, I want you to take some time to ask God for forgiveness concerning your lack of watching and waiting. And so, as the band comes, <clears throat> as the band comes, I want you to take some time, and before God, He sees your heart, He knows, confess it if there's sin there, confess it as sin and receive the forgiveness that only come from Jesus.